All right, welcome to Elevate. My name is Jason, and I am thankful for each and every one of you this week, with it being Thanksgiving week. Um, I want to personally thank you for taking the time out out of your busy schedule to come here tonight and be here tonight. We know that you could be lots of other places, but you chose to be here, and I am thankful for that. For those of you that don't know, Elevate, uh, we exist to introduce college-age students and professionals to Jesus and to teach them how to live a life that is elevated. We do that through meaningful relationships, authentic worship, and relevant lessons. Uh, If this is your first time here, we would love to get to know you better. Uh, There's some cards out. If you want to fill those out and turn those back into me, you'll get a free card, uh, free drink card, um, just for turning that in. Also, on Tuesday nights, uh, my wife and I, we host something that we like to call Dinner Talk Tuesday, and it's just a free meal that we cook. It starts at 7, and it's available for anyone who wishes to come. We are not meeting this week because of Thanksgiving, but we will start that back up next week. Tonight, we are continuing a series called Foundations. This series goes over the basics of the Christian faith and how those beliefs shape and dictate how we should live our lives. We live in a culture where there is a lot of information swirling around and it is difficult to sort through it all and figure out what exactly Christianity is all about. Too often people look at Christians and the church to figure out what Christianity is, but the problem with that is that more often than not, Christians and the church have it wrong. Knowing that, it is important to every once in a while take a look back at scriptures and the foundations of the Christian faith to figure out what Christianity is all about. For this series, we are going to look at four different foundations of the Christian faith, love, sin, forgiveness, and our response. Last time we met, we looked at love, and we said that God loves us and has a plan for our lives, which is to know Him personally. We said that God loves you deeply because you are His creation, and He wants a personal relationship with you. But not only that, He has a plan for your life, which, if lived out, allows you to experience His love to the fullest. This evening, we are going to look at sin and how that sin prevents us from experiencing God's love for us. I'm not a father yet, but I am an experienced uncle. I am soon to be um, an uncle to seven nieces and nephews. I remember this one time I was babysitting my nephew and he snuck some candy and food that he wasn't supposed to. I caught him. And I caught him eating something, and when I asked him about it, he straight up lied to my face. It caught me off guard a little because he, here he was, barely able to talk. He wasn't in school yet, but somehow he knew how to lie. No one taught him. No one instructed him. No one sat him down and explained what lying was. Yet he still knew how to do it. Not only that, when I caught him in the lie and approached him about it, he immediately knew that what he did was wrong, and he ran to his room crying, ashamed, and upset. I know, great uncle, right? The truth is, we have all been there. 
we have all done something that we knew was wrong and afterwards have felt ashamed and upset about it. Maybe for you, it was something major that you have done in the past or are currently doing that you know is wrong but for some reason can't seem to quit. Or maybe it's something minor but just constantly nags at your conscience. Regardless of whether it is big or small, the truth is this. We all have sin in our life that prevents us from experiencing God's love to the fullest and fully realizing His plan for our lives. To understand this more, I think we have to take a look back all the way at the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis. If we take a look at Genesis, at the very beginning of the Bible, we get two distinct descriptions of man. One before sin, and one after. Starting in Genesis 1, we discover that God created human beings in the image of God. In chapter 1, verse 26, it says this, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image, to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. and the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Here we see that humans were created in the image of God. From the very beginning, we were meant to be like God because we were created in his image. But if you fast forward a bit to the very first time the word sin or kahata or hata in Hebrew is mentioned, it is not in Genesis 3 and the fall of man as you would expect. Rather, it comes in Genesis 4 after Adam and Eve have been banished from the garden. In Genesis 4, a little backstory, Adam and Eve, they have two kids, the older being Cain and the younger being named Abel. Cain is the older brother, yet it is Abel who draws favor from God because of his gifts to God. Now, I'm not sure about you, but one thing that I learned early on in my life is that my older brother didn't like to be shown up in anything. It is, I think it's some unwritten rule in the universe that older brothers are supposed to be better than younger brothers in everything. So when that rule is broken, it really makes the older brother upset. This was the case in this story as well. As the older brother gets so upset, he actually ends up killing the younger brother. So starting in Genesis 4, verse 2, it states, When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But 
Listen to this closely. If you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. This is the very first mention of the word sin or kahata in the Bible. And the description is such of a beast or a wild animal crouching at the door, ready to pounce. So in the first four chapters of the Bible, we get two very different pictures and options. One is of man being made in the image of God. And the other is of a less than human beast being ready to pounce and control its prey. How true is this imagery? On one hand, we are created in the image of God and are meant to be like Him. Yet when we choose sin, we become something less than human and more like a beast ready to destroy and devour. We have a choice. Choose God or choose sin. The word kahata in Hebrew that we translate to the word sin actually means to miss the mark. Whenever we have sin in our life, we miss the mark. You see, God intends for us to be like Him. We are made in His image, but when we sin, we miss the mark and instead become more beastly and savage. We become something that is less than what we were intended to be. God created us to be like Him, yet it is sin in our lives that prevent us from fully realizing our potential. When we sin, we, become, we fail to become more like God and choose to be something that is less. You'll always have a choice. Choose God or choose sin. When you sin, you are saying you would rather have that in your life than to be more like God. You're choosing that sin over God. You're in essence missing the mark to become more like God and choosing to be something that is less. It is this very choice that prevents us from realizing the love and the plan that God has for us. I bet by this point in the lesson, you are beginning to think to yourself, that is great and all, but I sin all the time. It has to be impossible to choose God all of the time and to become like Him. I might as well give up on His love and His plan for me and my life because I consistently choose sin. I want to choose God, but it seems like a hopeless endeavor. If you are thinking those things, the good news is you aren't alone. While I definitely always want to choose God over sin, the truth is it is impossible. Remember back to the story of my nephew? He sinned without even being taught how. We all sin. We all miss the mark. The truth is, we all choose sin over God. It has been that way since the beginning of time. It is impossible to always choose God 
over sin. The bad news, when I do choose sin over God, it creates a barrier for me, from me, realizing the love and plan that God has for me that we talked about last time. The sin in my life prevents me from experiencing the fullness of God and His love for me. Yet over and over and over again, I continually choose sin over God. Despite knowing that that isn't what He created me for, and despite knowing that every time I choose sin over God, I become less like God and more like the beastly animal described in Genesis 4. So what's the point? Why not just give up? Right? It is impossible to become like God and to experience His love and His plan for my life. Yes, it is impossible. But luckily, through Christ, He has made it possible. You see, God knew it was impossible. He knew you would fail. He knew we would consistently miss the mark. He knew if given the choice, we would more often than not choose sin over God. That is why He sent His Son. To live a perfect life, die on the cross, take on our failures and sin in our place so that we could experience His love and His plan for our lives. The story isn't done. The good news is yet to come. We're going to talk about that more in depth in our next meeting. But if you are here tonight and you are tired of choosing sin over choosing God, then during the next song, don't wait. Come find me. I would love to share with you about the grace and forgiveness that God offers. There would be nothing that I would love more than to share with you how Christ washes that sin away from your life and creates you to be renewed into the image of God that you were created to be. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for your word and the wisdom it contains. I thank you for uh, your son and his willingness to take on our sin to make the impossible possible, Lord. I pray all of this in your son's most precious and holy name. Amen.